Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. In the bullpen today, we got my dear friend back, Matthew LaRossier, who is actually a tax trained attorney. The guy has a JD and then has a specialty in taxation law. And what are we doing today? We're debating about taxes. Why would I do something like that to myself? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Matthew, good to have you on Indisputable, brother. How are you? Yeah, good to see you again, brother. I, I, I was quite blown away by your desire to speak about the most boring part of my education. Well, but, uh, <laughs> I think it's fascinating and I'm glad that you have a specialty in this arena. I do not. Right. My specialty is more policy related, but policy and taxation are hand in glove and you know that. Oh, so absolutely. I don't want to presume what you know or believe about taxation in America. Maybe we actually agree on some sentiment here, but give us your breakdown of the American taxation code. Well, so there's two types of taxation, right? Progressive and regressive. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that lines up with political ideology at all because, well, we've seen the evidence. Both sides tax regressively. So a regressive tax disproportionately impacts people who are working class and lower on the economic you know, ladder. And a progressive tax is supposed to you know, have less of an impact on those people. Things like income taxes, things like corporate taxes, all of those types of taxes that directly relate to an individual's contributions are regressive. And it seems like the two sides of American politics right now, there's one side who's like, well, let's you know, just take little slices away. Let's reduce this corporate tax rate a little bit. Whereas they don't wanna talk about reducing the most expensive part of our budget, which is missiles, bombs, and various means of delivering them. And then the other side also doesn't wanna talk about reducing you know, expenditures on those missiles and bombs. but. They want to increase those taxes that, again, um, tend to harm, uh, you know, lower-income Americans the most. So it seems like a, a wildly schizophrenic and profoundly idiotic field in American po- uh, politics. You know, I actually concur. Uh, the issue is not only taxation, because taxation, the art of taxation, means that you will have winners and losers. And really, when you look at the bottom line dollar, you never really get to a tax cut anymore, you get to a tax shift. Mm-hmm. They figure out a way to close loopholes or to eliminate certain things you can write off. They did this under the Trump era, 90 billion was supposedly a tax incentive. However, they collected 93 billion in actual taxation through individuals in America. So it was a tax shift and not really a tax cut. It did, they could spin it to say that it was, but right. the real issue, was in fact, or is in fact, military spending. And we talk about military spending, we call it defense spending, but it's not really for defense. Yeah. Most of the money never goes to actual defense, it goes to the military industrial complex. And all of these really, really rich individuals, very wealthy men and even a few women who are part of that game, are able to lobby and advocate for unlimited amount of money and unlimited amount of money given to them by way of our federal government. So that's That's a different argument in a way, right? We can clump that argument in with the national debt, which means that we have to pay high interest rates, which does impact a person's ability to move with their money in America. But when we look at regressive taxes in this country, you brought it up and I agree with you. I think both sides, they've done their fair share of dealing in this. But I do believe that left-leaning policies tend to be more thoughtful 
about how the tax policy will impact individuals who are in fact poor. Now, do I think that corporate Democrats in particular have done a great job at this? Hell no, <laughs> absolutely not. But do I think that Republicans have done a great job at making sure they think about those who are the poorest among us? Think about how wealth is leaving from black communities because of not only taxation policies, but also work discrimination policies that they refuse to enforce. That's real money. Would you agree with me on some of that? On some of that, yeah, but I think that for the most part, they're just not really, neither of them are really thinking about the poor. I mean, like, look, if you're gonna talk about left leaning politicians and their tax suggestions, look at this new $600 thing. You're gonna look me in the face and tell me that that's gonna affect the millionaires? No, what, what this is about is just like you were saying, they know that they're not taxing and collecting the full amount that they possibly could. Every year they, they do a report that where they estimate how much of the tax that they were owed they actually got. Right. It's usually like 35%. Um, and this is largely they're able to get that much of it, largely because you know most people work salary job where they have withholding, and it's it's very hard to claw that money back. Now, when everybody decided to leave their jobs and go into the gig economy, it was like twenty something percent, and so the government's freaking out now, and they want to claw more of that money back. And look, this is a, a situation where the Democrats are controlling. The entire government effectively, right? There's some argument, but effectively have control of the whole government. And what do they want to do? They want to track everybody who's got $600 in their bank account so they can get you for your your Uber rides. I mean, come on, man. That's not that's that's not hurting the um you know the Jeff Bezoses. That's hurting guys that are just trying to you know stay keep their heads above water. Yeah, you may be very surprised, brother. I took a stance on this an hour after it was released that this will be part of the bill itself. Um, I, I'm against it, I don't want it. And I know there are some uh, progressives and some Democrats who may disagree with me on that, I'm fine. We can have that debate any day. Um, but I do believe, as you said, I do believe that it absolutely does not solve the problem of taxing those that bring in the most amount of wealth and they utilize their wealth in order to hide their money in tax shelters, um, not only in America, but also internationally. That is what the bill says is aimed to find out. It's, it's supposed to be there to root out tax uh, evaders. Come right. on, <clears throat> that's not going to root out a sophisticated yeah. tax uh, avoider like Donald Trump. It would not root him out, he no. would still pay his zero sum uh, tax total every year. And people like Warren Buffett and others, um, who tend to be more progressive in their conversation would still have a lower tax bracket than anybody else because you haven't changed the policy, right? right? And that's the thing, that's the big thing, right? Is you have to take a step back when you're thinking about taxes, you have to think about, well, what's my position? Is my position that we need to follow the law? If your position is that you need to follow the law, then we have to arrest everybody, right? <laughs> right? Because <laughs> they're they're only collecting you know a portion of what you know, under the law is owed to them. If your position is we had to follow the law, you got to get everybody. And the people who those charges aren't going to stick on are going to be those people who can fire, who can hire fancy tax lawyers. If your position is we need to look at what is a moral tax, I think you need to think about our entire tax system. And if you ask me, there's only one type of taxation that is rationally, you know, can rationally morally be tied back to the government's involvement in an individual's life. And it sure as heck is not income tax, it sure as heck is not a corporate tax, it is a property tax. Because if you think about it, what is the one and only thing that the government can directly say, all right, well, if you have more of this, it means we have to provide more protection, more police services, etc. It's property, right? It's land, it's developments. I think that's the only, the, of course, 
you know, there might be parts of it that can be regressive, but that's the closest thing to a morally justifiable tax. Um, so it's it's hard to have arguments about tax policy in this country because it's just so catastrophically screwed up from the top all the way down. Yeah, but you're looking at it from a benefits perspective, right? So you're saying, okay, taxation is necessary for those that own property. And I'm sure you mean commercial property as well, because of the level of benefit they need from services for that property. And that also includes emergency services. But I will submit to you that we have had such a dysfunctional company of dysfunctional country as far as haves and have nots. Racism in the system of our marketplace, individuals, who need training in order to be ready to work in a marketplace that's trending in a particular direction. And just because they are born in a particular zip code, they have less of an opportunity to make it. I think our tax dollars should remedy that issue. If the issue is training, our tax dollars should remedy that issue. Do you disagree with me? Well, so it's it's a question of incentives, right? Because mm-hmm. as we know, what's happened to minority communities when we set up these utterly bizarre incentives, they wind up doing utterly bizarre things. If you if you give somebody an award for doing something bizarre, they're going to keep on doing it. So if so, I'll come out and say it. I'm you know um, last time we were on, you accused me of being a conservative. I, I might be conservative on some things, but some things. Yeah, I'm one I agree. of those. You know, I'm a I'm you're a mixed bag for sure. You yeah, I'm a career libertarian, bag. and I'm one of the people who think that hell. If we're going to have this huge you know structure, if we're going to have all this stuff. A negative income tax would make more sense than you know all these training programs, all of these opportunities. Because let's say we do a, a jobs program, right? Okay. Well, how much of that is actually going to go towards the training, and how much of that that is going to be sucked up by mid-level management making 180k a year to sit in a desk, right? I just don't think that that's the right way to do it. I don't think government is the way to solve these problems. I think governments cause these problems. I think yep. the people were systematically put into ghettos for a purpose to disenfranchise them. And I don't think that the same entity that put them there is gonna be the one to give them the skills to break out. So I guess that's my my friction point. I think right. almost anything would be better than the nonsense and say nonsense we're spending money on now. but. To go straight full steam into let's have the government provide a jobs program and do all this stuff. I think we're begging for the same thing to happen. All right, so let me bring something to your attention, Matthew. I understand your point of view, so try to open your mind to this one. The government is not giving you anything. See, they don't own it. The government really doesn't make revenue. You make revenue for the government and the government has a responsibility to those dollars because you gave it to them for this purpose. When there's a market issue, and the market issue is let's say training. Having the government spend money, and I get it, they can do it better because you know somebody making $180,000 who's running an inefficient program, that should not be, that needs to be corrected, right? But you cannot throw out the value of the program because you have some individuals who may not be the best administrators. You gotta fix that system, but you cannot get rid of that system wholly. I give you an example, workforce. Or work source development, a great program typically administered at the state or the city level. They have been able, based on their data that has been independently verified, they have been able to take 38% of people that connect to that program out of poverty. Okay, these individuals are trained now doing actual work in either construction or right. metal work, etc. These programs are working. I'll give you an example of myself. Um, I was a foster kid, man. I was a foster kid. Uh, I had to take oh, really? a GED, 
right? I was a foster kid. I took my GED when I was 17 years of age. I had dropped out of high school. Today I have two doctorate degrees and I'm a college professor outside of a college that I used to gang bang in front of when I was a teenager. Well, how did I get to the GED phase? Well, I got to the GED phase because there was government money available through a federal program that allocated it through the states. So I took my GED, I was able to take my SATs, took my SATs, took my GED, but I could not get a scholarship to college. You know why? Because I did not have a regular high school diploma with a high GPA. So nobody was willing to give me money to go to college. But there was another program that said, if you score high enough on your GED, you get access to this additional government money to pay for your first two semesters of college. And then I connected with another program called the Federal Trio Program or Upward Bound. That was a federal program paid for by Washington with our taxpayer dollars. I was able to go through my collegiate life with those particular programs that were earmarked for training and education. And here I am today. So you can't say that these programs, brother, are ineffective or do not work. Well, let me, okay, let me. Let me do a counterpoint for you, okay. right? Let's let's do it. So everything you were describing, it happened, and man, I mean, look at you—you you turned out great. But you're talking about something where in the system, the whole time you were crawling through that, Uncle Sam was still sitting there with a little ball peen hammer, going tink, right, tink, hitting you on the spine, right, to to then be able to give you back an eighth of it. So let me ask you a separate question, okay? If you need something, right? Let's say there's a dollar on the table and you need something. And we say this dollar is best spent for the benefit of Dr. Rashad. And it's you and I sitting at the table. Who is the better person to spend that dollar, you or me? I understand your point. It's no, but no, 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 let's, let's take it all so the way, it's, right? It's, if it's, it's you. If it's my dollar, if it's my dollar. Yeah. Um, I think I am best able to spend my dollar. But you're using right. a microcosm to explain the macrocosm of benefits no, at that time. Up. I'm okay, back up well, let, let me so, let me make this point. At that time okay. of my life, I didn't have a dollar on the table. I was a kid, I was a teenager. All right, right. I didn't really have a dollar on the table to benefit from these programs. So how old were you at the time? 17. 17, all right, so at that age, you could have gone out and got a job. Mm-hmm. So let's say- And I did work. It, I know, I know, I know. But let's say instead of you know giving back your coupons, mm-hmm. we just, didn't steal your money in the first place. All right, and I wouldn't have had enough. Had I, I understand your point, but <laughs> right? I, the, like, the, the little money I made working uh, at Chick-fil-A at that time on the campus of Spelman College, I was 15, 16 working at a Chick-fil-A. Brother, it would not have paid for half a semester a of college. Raise, a 30% raise? Brother, you know what? Big difference? Do, do you know what they pay at Chick-fil-A to a teenager, brother? Not back then. I mean, <laughs> back I, then, in particular. I mean, right now it's not that bad if you go and look at Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A uh, has a real career opportunity path now. Yeah. They didn't really have that stuff when yeah, I was yeah, over no, there. Times, times were yeah. different for sure. But the point is, is that it cost them. Let's say they delivered you. Okay. Let's say they deliver you in net present value, a hundred thousand dollars of benefit. That's awesome. How mm-hmm. much did it cost to deliver that benefit? Probably million and a half. I'm saying it is better off to give people the dignity to do it themselves. And right, not everybody, not everybody will win in that situation. But you have the dignity to control yourself. And if you don't steal all the money in the begin with, you can have the opportunities. You can have what it takes, right? You can have the cash to put aside to get a a loan on a small business to do all my, of these. My producers. Are telling me we got to wrap up. I want to leave you with this. I definitely understand a lot of your point of view here, and I agree with some of it. Um, I just want to remind you, brother, 
then we, when we look at taxation, taxation always impacts people in very different ways. You'll never get to a perfect plan. Right. Uh, but to suggest that, okay, well, let's have no taxation system at all. Well, still, individuals who don't have the training, who come from particular zip codes, who find it difficult to obtain jobs even after they are trained or educated, you need regulatory systems. You need incentive packages. You need a way to float people for a period of time until they can get to a, to a point of actual contribution back into the revenue system. That's common. I don't think we should ever eliminate that reality because while I may still have to pay taxes, I'm okay with that because I have a bigger heart for the general human being around me. I want them to be able to benefit from this. And if they need a temporary barrier between them and life hitting or knocking the hell out of them, I'm okay with my tax dollars taking care of that. I'm not okay with my tax dollars continuing to spend unlimited money to kill people and yeah, things no, up. I'm, I'm with you there, I'm with you there. Yeah, I'm with you there. Maybe I just have a little bit more faith in poor people than you do, but I think we- <laughs> I got uh, plenty of faith in poor people. <laughs> Maybe I have a little brother. more because on, I want man. them to you just gotta, do it themselves. You gotta be real, brother. <laughs> I, I, I come from that place, you can't do that here. Uh, I'm, right? I'm, I'm with you, man, I'm with you. I think we're, we're like, 50-50 overlap, which I think is good for us. That is, for, yeah. for today, for yeah. today only. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I'll see you again, Matthew. I was All right, man, until next you, man. time. Absolutely.